I mean, Morgan, it was your idea, so go ahead and count down. <laughs> <laughs> Three, two, one. Yes! Oh my god, Aaron! <laughs> you did all of my characters! Oh my god. <laughs> Do I look cool? Oh my god! I'm okay, I'm gonna put my headphones back tree? on because I don't know what we're saying. <laughs> if only this fit over my headphones. Woo, okay, okay. What is in your mouth? A cigar. Okay, I was like, Aaron. <laughs> well, I also didn't have a gun, so I have my sword on me. <laughs> I am so pleased. I am so pleased. Oh, Morgan, can oh you God. see the, the I said ink? you did the fucking tree. Oh, my God. And a nose ring. <laughs> and a top knot, but the, it's going, my hair is pretty heavy, but it's a top no. knot. It's a top knot, and you had, and I saw your two pieces dangling. Don't think I didn't yeah. see that. Yeah. I went for um, details. I will say mine's a little subtle, but if you can't tell, um, I did part my hair like Erin parts her hair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, ah. I do have some, some like, more, like, eerie, eerie, blah, 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 eerie. Oh. Um, nice. I layered a gold, some gold chains. <laughs> this is all very Erin. Thank you. Um, some ripped <laughs> jeans. And I didn't really have any of those like solid platform sandals. So I just put some like heels because why not? And I do have props for whenever you're ready to see them. Oh, oh God. Of, of course. So yes. first, I don't have a Cardinals koozie, but this one's red. So it's a sports koozie with a beer. That's Aaron. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Bloody Mary mix. Yes. Um, and then I have glue. That was included Perfect. in my picture. Because you are the glue. Because you're the glue. So <laughs> I have all my necessities around me. And this was the closest Hazel and Poppy top I could find. So Love there it. you go. That's great. Looks a, lot, looks a lot better than the crop top I had on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. No, Clayman's like, you should get a tattoo. This looks cool. And I was like, you're, you think your own artwork looks cool enough for me to get tattooed on my body? Like, mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> is he complimenting you or is he complimenting himself? Let's be real. <laughs> That's the real question. Yes. Mm. Oh, my God. How did – Erin, did you borrow her clothes? Yeah. Where did you get that? <laughs> no. It was when I worked for a catering company, so I had it lying around. Yeah. <laughs> Added some details to it. No, I am so happy about this. Oh my god, this is this is Sheriff Sarah has come to town, mere mortals. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. So what we are doing. Yes, let's, um, let's let's break it down. Yeah, sorry. Welcome everyone else to our little gush fest about ourselves um, <laughs> and each other, but ourselves. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's weird. Okay. It's weird. So who wants, uh, am I explaining it since I just. Sure, either way, it doesn't matter. I, I am losing my mind. I don't know who I am. Okay. So <laughs> we are so excited for spooky season and we understand that it's only September, but it's like basically October. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to mix ah. it up a little bit. 
So we did our first round of Halloween costumes and we dressed up as each other. <laughs> yes! <laughs> and we are covering each other's topics. So today, um, yes. oh yeah, welcome to Sinister Sunrise. Good morning. I am Sarah, but today I will be Morgan. I mean, you can still call me Sarah, obviously, but I am covering a paranormal story yeah. and I am wearing pretty close to what we wore in our pinata video with um, oh, yeah. a tattoo involved. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, wow, I do wear that. And then I was like, oh, that is like, wow, dead ringer. Dead ringer. I didn't have the bandana for my head, but I had no, a headband. Cool. Mm-hmm. It's a thick mm-hmm. headband. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Okay. So yeah. who wants to go next? And I'm... Aaron, but I dressed up as Sarah and I had to bring back <laughs> Sheriff Sarah after the one episode he dressed up with. I couldn't pass it up. So um, I have a hat that I can't wear because of my headphones and uh-huh. a nice badge. A you cigar. also did Hotel Sarah. Ah, you did I, did, I hotel. did it both. Yeah. yeah. You knocked it out of the park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in case oh, you. you ever don't know what we're talking about, just go to our pat like the past post on Instagram and just take a peek. I mean, Sarah is the costume connoisseur of this uh podcast, that's for sure. So please mm-hmm. Aaron did a great job of embodying I would say your best too. I would say your best yes, too. I would say yeah. so as well. Thank you. Oh, yeah. thank you. <laughs> that's the best. It's the best for me. <laughs> Um, hi, um, I'm Morgan, but today I am Aaron. Um, I have some, mm-hmm. I'm, I, tr- I was more just like Aaron, try to be Aaron in a nutshell. So I brought props. Like I said, I mm-hmm. have my, I have my beer in a koozie. I don't have a co- Cardinals koozie, which would have been prime, but it's red. If only it was a butt um, select. Have, yeah, I know. I know. I'm just slide. kidding. I know. I know, it's, well, I know it's your second choice, but I, I, Yeah. That's why it's covered up. And then I have <laughs> Bloody Mary mix and yes. the piece de resistance, a bottle of glue for being the glue. Um, and then I wore a lacy tank top because she's really fresh with her outfits and wears <coughs> boutique cute ass shit. And this is oh, the closest thing you. I have. It cost $4 from Shein. Um, and <laughs> I wore some a layered cool ass shit. Some boutique cool ass shit and some layered gold jewelry, which she boasted about this weekend when we went to brunch that she was so happy about her new gold chains which looked fab and some it did look cute, cool. some like little um geometric earrings because it's very Aaron so no yeah. that is an Aaron outfit through and yeah through. you nailed yeah. it yeah thank you thank you I think we all did good yeah yes I'm so excited it's almost time for Halloween mm-hmm. thank goodness mm-hmm. but don't worry we will be posting a pic of what we look like I mean I hope you guys kind of know what we look like in general, but now it's a whoop, 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 remix edition. But yeah, <laughs> so obviously we dressed up as each other to cover each other's topics because we couldn't cover the topic without embodying the other person. So yes. that's it. True. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Woo-hoo! Wes was texting us like, make sure you guys dress up. And I'm like, oh, I'm already in like the ink parlor chair. Like I am so dressed up. <laughs> For how long did it take sh- you yeah. to do? Uh, the, the, the ink, my fresh ink. Yes. It, like, hurt really bad. I was in the chair for, like, four hours. Actually, there's no way in hell I could ever sit in a chair for four hours getting a tattoo. So, Morgan, um, you will always be you because... (laughs) You will always be you! This was just tickling me, and I was like, oh, I don't like... Oh, oh. (laughs) Yeah, it ain't a tickle. It it ain't a tickle. To quote quote Rachel Green, oh, really? Because mine was licked on by kittens. It doesn't feel like that. It does not feel like that. 
Okay. Yeah. She gets a little heart, right? And then Phoebe's like, I couldn't do it. It's, um, she goes like this and she's like, and they're like, you have a speck. And she's like, no, it's how my mother sees the earth from heaven. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only tattoo I think I could actually sit through. But no, uh, it took Clave like six minutes. He did really good. He even got the like, the kind of mandala thing on the elbow area. Yeah. He was like trying to really put some um, details on the tree. Did he reference a picture? Because. No. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. And we went back and forth on how, how much on my cranium your top knot should be. Mm. At first, it was too far back, and he said, Mm-mm, "That's not Morgan enough." It's always, it it's wow! Oh my God, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's got to be mm-hmm. seen. Yes, when my head is straight. Yeah, my hair is just heavy, so it. It's the headband for me. Anyway, it's fine. It's you. The point was made. It's the headband for me. <laughs> so, what is our <gasps> game? Oh yeah, since we all dress as each other, we also had our editor in chief Wesley pick mm-hmm. the game for us today. So, what are we playing? Um, he sent, he sent you guys links because he was scared that it wouldn't work on a phone. And every time I use my laptop, sorry if this is TMI for our listeners, but every time I use my laptop, when this is recording, it like makes you guys, it does the demon thing. So he printed Mm -hmm. me out a version. Oh, cool. Okay. It's fair. It's just, I, that way we don't have any more technical difficulties. So if you head to the link that he emailed you, um, if we want to time ourselves uh it is a word search i am told so still with letters but if we would be so kind as to like if you guys open your links and then if you want to like we could just time ourselves see how long it takes us to complete it and then he'll Mm -hmm. edit it and make it pretty okay sounds good cool so let me know when you guys are ready i'm gonna switch to my timer on my phone okay oh we're timing ourselves okay is that okay I mean, yeah, he said you just said that, and I was nodding, and then made no effort to actually follow instructions. Yes. Okay. Yes. So if we go to stopwatch, yes. and, uh, yeah, then we should be able to go. I won't look at it. I just have it trying to avoid okay. a, trying to avoid mm-hmm. the puddle from the from the Bloody Mary mix bottle. It's sweating. So I'm gonna start. Aaron, are you good to go? So we're all starting at the same time, correct? Rough, roughly, yeah. I mean, it's it's how long it takes you to complete. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Right. Yep, yeah. I'm ready. All right, cool. me too. I'm going to start now. And go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee, these words. <laughs> oh, 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 this is so cool. Oh, did Wes make this? Yes, he Aww. made a word. Oh, my God, I didn't know. <laughs> this is so good. Oh, Ooh. my Oh, fuck. What if I said I was done? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I used to do this with my grandma a lot. <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, it makes noise if you get it wrong. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, my God. This is hard. I haven't done a... White Claw, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a Is it okay if mine isn't, like, letting me touch it, but if I find the words, I write them down? Yeah. It's not letting you do it? Yeah. That's weird. I trust you. I'm sorry. I wouldn't. She's me this week, so who knows what she's trying to do, but... Yeah. Are you dragging it, Erin? Are you just touching it? Oh, he did cute words. Yeah, he did so good. Scout. <laughs> oh God, I could just find of... psychology. There's a lot of S's in here. <laughs> I'm just going to point that out. I, oh my I'm God. just very no. tickled with this. I'm, I am as well. You're fine. Done. 
Are you fucking kidding me? No. I like word searches and puzzles. Where in the hell is exorcism? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I feel like I should have found it. No. I'm done. Oh my god! Fuck! I just needed exorcism and it was right in front of my face. I do love word searches too. Okay, I do too, but I thought I was good at them, but I am not. That was so sweet. Any day now. Haunted. That'd be cool. Any day now. Ah, motherfucker. (laughs) All right. What is your guys' times? Um, Two minutes and 40 seconds. Oh, I wasn't timing myself, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yet again, this week's episode is all about communication. (laughs) Bless America. And following instructions. We had four minutes and three seconds, so... That's not bad. Oh my god. Yeah. Not shacking. Folks, she does it again. Even as Aaron, I can't seem to get my shit together. Are you eating soup? <laughs> yeah, I thought I had a minute. Do you need to eat? <laughs> Go ahead and eat. <laughs> my stomach likes soup broth. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> that sounds really good. Wish mm-hmm. our soup mm-hmm. expired. Ooh, no, we got a stock of soup. But yeah. Okay, cool game, Wes. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lost again. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but really, you won. You got first this week. Mm-hmm. What? Oh, I can make the tree branches <gasps> Whoa, move. whoa, whoa. I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're like a cool... How are you? You're cooler than me. You're me cooler no, than no me. No way you can't do that. Is it? Because I only have it. Yeah. Yeah. Your tree's moving. It's swaying in the wind. <laughs> it's swaying in the winds of success. Because we won, baby. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. <laughs> it's fine. We played the games as our true biological selves. So yet again, I, Morgan, am last. And all I do is win, win. Win, no matter what, I've got money on my mind. I can never get enough. That was a nice. Wow, that was very nice. That was a nice little jazz. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, well, that's uh, where the niceness stops. So let me know when you guys are ready. I was gonna say my- I am. I'm ready for you to take me on this paranormal journey. Of mm-hmm. we have no. That's the thing, guys. We didn't. We didn't give hints. We did nothing. So I'm a little scared, but I'm okay. ready. So I will list my sources later because that's what I did this time. I don't know. So my first line says, think like Morgan, get into the paranormal paranormal groove. (laughs) Okay. 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 So for my topic, I decided to investigate that pesky demon that my Sims is always trying to conjure. (gasps) Oh, yes. But fun fact, um, Zozo and Beelzebub are not the same person. Oh, we learned. And, and I uh, didn't realize that until Saturday night after I'd done all my research on Beelzebub. So instead, I'm going to tell you about uh, <laughs> one of the most notorious demons in hell, Beelzebub. <laughs> and- <laughs> See, he didn't want you to find out about him. That's what mm-hmm. it was. Yes. And I think I'm I mean- okay with my Sims making that sound at night because from the two minutes of research I did on my phone Saturday night, it sounds like to conjure that particular ZZ mm-hmm. demon, do you have to have a Ouija board? That is his oh, domain. Okay. 
huh. or at least try to make contact with it, which we are not today. So Mm-mm. I'm just doing some reporting. Demons, stay away. Um, another quick fact. Difficult to research Beelzebub too much because there's also a cartoon titled Beelzebub. Each one with about 90,000 watches on YouTube. So if you are interested in this, have at it. It seems to be popular with somebody. There you go. Yes. So back to the main event here. Beelzebub (laughs) is the international demon of mystery. Um, But the details that we can find are pretty juicy. So (laughs) also this is why I thought he was the same person as Zozo. Because he has a billion names. So he can be called Baal, Enlil, Baal-zebub, Biel, Bell, Double A-Ball, or sorry, no, blip, 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 Ball-zebul, Ball-zebooth, and Perbub. Perbub? Perbub. I didn't even list them all. I just listed a handful. That's why I was like, oh, surely he's got, he's the same one. Cool. I got 700 names. Yeah, that's right. No, no, no. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Yet again, how you pronounce this stuff and keep track of it, I will never know. We'll just so, call him B. <laughs> no, literally, we are on the same wavelength. Give me one sentence. <laughs> okay, so he has a million names, partly because of translation and also his origins that we know of. I try to be consistent with what I call him. And for your nervous souls, I will only say Mr. B for the rest of the episode. But there's a chance yes. I didn't get them all, so apologies. <laughs> It's fine. Um, in old texts that I will be reading a passage later, and I am sorry, but I'm not sorry at the same time, we can see that Mr. B was worshipped as a god by the Philistines, Philistines, Philip, mm. Philip, whatever, an ancient area called Ekron. Mm. Ever been there? No. Sounds like a great place to vacation. Um, however, back then he went by Baal, which is why we associate Mr. B with the worship of false gods, because he was worshipped as a god here. And it said he likes to sway people from believing in the Christian God and instead getting them to worship somebody else, preferably himself. He is known as the Lord of the Flies, and Jewish scholars have a few arguments as to why this is. One, Mr. B was worshipped, as we just saw, and he was known as being... (laughs) I'm sorry, I forgot I put this in pronunciations and not what his name actually is. Beals Abul. (laughs) I spelled it ridiculous. Meaning Baal the Prince. So the writer of Kings, which is an old writing, purposely made his name into a really petty pun. Baal Zebub, meaning Lord of the Flies. And that is, yeah, he was a little salty. Uh And that is because he wanted Baal to be poop. And everyone who worships him is the flies that surround poop. So it's an insult. Ah. It could also mean Lord of the Flyers, meaning him and his demons can physically fly. Not as fun. Um, It could also mean that the Philistines idolized flies, kind of like Egyptians thought scarabs were sacred. It was thousands of years ago, so I don't really know. But Beelzebub is what we call him. He is an expert in war and battle. His planet is Jupiter and the sun. He's often depicted as a giant fly with bat wings and a lion's tail. And his voice is like a million flies buzzing all at once, which to human ears, hence our ears, I have headphones on. That did not work as I thought. I am tapping my headphones. Okay. Um, To human ears, it's supposed to sound like a file being dragged down your spine. So you know you're talking to him on a Ouija board because he changes his S's with Z's, which is why I thought he was Zozo, but he is not. 
my god. Okay, but uh, oh yeah, he's creepy. I he also have, speaks like, tingles. No, in my Walter now. I forgot why I didn't volunteer to do the paranormal part of this podcast all the time. <laughs> I was looking over my shoulder so much this past week, like. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. I swear yeah. I see shit a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like, I have not been wearing headphones as much just in case something happens in my house. Like, I'm like, I'm ready. But I also don't want to give it too much energy, so I try to sing on my own. It's a, It's been a doozy of a week, guys. You can have this back, Morgan. Okay. So, he also speaks with the same old-time dictation that many demons speak with. Like, thou shalt. Um, and if that weren't bad enough, his personality is said to be the ultimate representative of hell. So he is not super friendly. Mm. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. So Mr. B was said to have been an angel. And in fact, we find out in the story I'm about to read you that he was one of the first angels in the first heavens. Oh, oh how the mighty know. fall. Oh, <laughs> I can't wait to see how that turned out because it uh, sounds a little different. Now, then, from. <laughs> um, I didn't write that story. This is just how Solomon and him kind of interact because he explains himself, which is cool. So he was one of the ones that fell when Lucifer did because he wanted to re- like live by his own rules, I think. That was the generic census. And also, they wanted to uh, mate with the lady folk because oh. we are so sexy, I suppose. Yeah, because you know me, I want to definitely get with somebody who's got a fly body, a lion tail, and some bat wings. You know, that's definitely my type. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> that's my type. That's ooh, my I'm type. <laughs> sweating over here. Ooh, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yes, but we were beautiful. They never said if they were gorgeous or not. But one episode did make the joke like, if you could have a godlike being or these cavemen that are stinky with no toothbrushes, which one are you going to pick? <laughs> I remember being like, mm, okay, I see the allure. I see the allure. But I digress. So the story of Solomon goes, he receives a ring from an archangel, Michael, and it is more than fashion, honey. This ring can manipulate demons. <laughs> Did you say archangel? Archangel. Yeah. Isn't it Archangel? Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I was so focused on not saying Archangel. You're it's right. It's me. No, it's me. See? Oh. Words, you, took, you took my spot today. I'm only five <laughs> minutes in. Okay. Um, From the Archangel. God dang it. From Michael. From above. Above Michael. Okay. Oh. And this ring can manipulate demons. So Solomon okay. can bind the ring to a demon and then manipulate them into cutting stones and help build his temple. So immediately he catches one. Um, but long-term the king doesn't know what to do with his demon pet. So with the help of yet another angel is what we're going to call it now. I'm leaving out yeah. the other word. Angle. He- <laughs> <God damn. laughs> they got some right angles up there. Um, he demands, Oh, yeah, he demands that his caught demon go back to where he came from and bring back his leader. So that leader is Mr. B, and they want to use the ring on Mr. B. Snakey, snakey. But I don't know why you would want another demon if you don't already know what you're doing with the one you have. Yeah. But maybe, um, you know, yet again, I'm just using my lady brain, so who knows what they're trying to do. Um, <laughs> powerful enough for him. I don't he know. needed more. Yeah. 
Actually, I can't say that because I also have craft supplies and I keep buying them in bulk. Like I'm going to run out at some point, but whatever, different, completely different. So completely different. this demon does as he's told. He takes the ring, skips on down to see his master. And he says, hither to Mr. B. Solomon calls to you. But Beelzebub has already gotten word of the situation and says, whoa, who is this Solomon man? And the demon underling like hurls the ring at him. Like I imagine like throws it and Mr. Mm -hmm. B and he says, Solomon, the king calls thee. My notes. What a dick. (laughs) (laughs) Cause it works. He literally just like pops it on him. And then Mr. B cries out with a mighty voice and shot out with a great burning fire and followed his bitch friend to Solomon. So Solomon questions Mr. B like first date questions like who are you where do you vacation the normal stuff and Biel says he is the leader of all demons and even the chief demons are below him oh mm. a little weird game. flex but okay oh, yeah like, <laughs> like he's not playing it cool at all and he explains that he can manifest the image of other demons he can shapeshift or change his appearance to look like the other six leading demons because they're all like the seven rings of hell and he can go to all their parts of hell, and he can even bring Solomon all the bad spirits from those places. So Mr. B is literally giving a Shark Tank sales pitch, and Solomon only has one question. <laughs> Do you guys want to guess what that question is? Have you ever been with a woman before? No, I don't know. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> You're not even that far off. He literally just like, hey, got any uh, lady demons down oh. there? Good night. Good night. In the words of Morgan, I am deceased. I read that and I was like, you got to be kidding me. He just tells you all this stuff. Like he can bring you millions of people. He can build all this stuff. And the only question is, uh, I'd love to put my eyes on some lady demon. And Beelzebub's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me grab her. So he comes back with the female demon. I'm not saying her name. Um, Nothing to the story. It's most interesting. Solomon describes her as having a pretty shape and a beautiful complexion small catch <laughs> she has the legs of a mule oh you know what i oh you, you know what i pictured <laughs> <laughs> you, you know big mouth the female hormone <gasps> monster yeah yeah I want, I mean she goes i want to take a bubble bath that's what i yeah. pictured <laughs> i just thought it was crazy she's not important to the story whatsoever but they still made a note to be like, she has the legs of a mule. So, And she's so, shapely. Don't forget that. She's Ugh. gorgeous from the hips she's up. Gorgeous. Yeah. Well, you're trying to build a temple, sir. So I don't understand why that's a catch. Um, so Solomon has Mr. B keep summoning up all these demons to build this temple. Lame. And it seems like Solomon has a friendship with Mr. B now. He's kind of raised him to a seat of honor. And one night, I can only imagine after a few drinks, Solomon leans into Beals and was like, hey, I got to ask why are you living life this way? And here's where it gets juicy. Beale says, oh, this is how I shortened it. Mr. B, excuse me, says that he is the only one left of the angels that came down. I was the first angel in the first heaven, but now I control all of those who are bound in hell. I destroy kings, ally myself with foreign tyrants. I set my own demons on men so they believe in demons and become lost. Oh, and the chosen people of God, priests and faithful men, I strike them with temptation for wicked sins, evil heresies, and lawless deeds. And they obey me, and I keep leading them on the path of destruction. 
I I inspire men with envy, desire for murder, and for wars and sodomy and other evil things. And I will destroy the world. Whoa. Yes. I should have done that in a deeper voice because it sounds like the music would go soft like, and then I will destroy so it's an old story yes but it is kind of cool to have it all laid out and from this we can see mr b is pretty proud of his position in hell he used to be an angel he doesn't really like us humans very much which i don't understand why i think we are fantastic he would (laughs) like to destroy us and this is a task that he will never get bored of he enjoys it deeply as it says and you know what they say if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but um, Mr. B can stop working whenever he wants. I mean, his thing is he literally wants to wipe out our entire planet. So unlike other demons, he doesn't want to just trick people to bring glory to Satan. Oh, no. He wants to rain destruction upon Earth. And he's quoted as saying, they obey, they obey me and I bear upon them destruction. Which is just an explanation as to why he's... No, it's not an explanation to that, but I seem to think in my past self that this was also an explanation as to why he's associated with false gods, I guess because they follow him. So whether that is completely true or not, people had a right to fear him. So demonology, they say that he is one of the seven princes of hell, most notable in Peter Binsfield's classification of demons. Out of the seven deadly sins, he represents gluttony and sometimes pride. But given that he can shapeshift through like all of them, he could represent, I think, any of them at any given time. Many have interpreted Mr. B as being Satan himself, which while I was researching this, I realized it was not ridiculous. Did you know that sub- Satan isn't the devil's name? It's just his job title. Well, Satan is Luce. Wait, is Lucifer? Not Luce. Honestly, I okay. agree this. It's one of those literally the Dunning-Kruger effect. I know that I don't know at this point in time. Okay. Maybe but, they're all him. Maybe. And they're all me. Morgan. Takes off my uh, uh, <laughs> I, Aaron, am appalled at that. You would say that about a friend. Oh, my. <laughs> You're just such a temptress. Um, yeah. No, but I didn't know that. I didn't realize, like, Satan wasn't his name. So, basically, there's, like, this dark spiritual corporation, I guess, and the top spotted evil ink is Satan. And Satan just means the adversary. He's not for anything. He's just like super against everything. I have Hmm. heard Mr. B being referenced as Satan. I have also. So So I wonder if it's like a shifting job title. Like, hey, you're up for a promotion. (laughs) Well, no, actually, hold that right there. Because according to the century occultist, Joanne Wire, it said at some point Mr. B led a revolt against the current Satan at the time. And its chief lieutenant, who was Lucifer, and they overthrew the top two guys. And Mr. B now presides over the order of the fly or all of hell. It got kind of murky. And he could also be part of the unholy trinity, which is Mr. B, Lucifer, and Leviathan. Mm. So regardless of his title, he has always been considered a higher up in the hierarchy of hell. So he could be any of those things. And at this point, you may notice I'm saying he may be, he could be. This is because people can't exactly call up Beelzebub and ask him questions about life. And if you have that twinkle in your eyes and idea, do not. (laughs) He is often named in possession cases, and there are no known survivors of people that have been possessed by Mr. B. Wow. 
Remember, he likes to mess with humans, never works a day in his life bit. Yeah, comes back up mm-hmm. because he wants, to, he wants to take over the world. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And destroy us one at a time. Oh, yeah. He cool, is cool. dangerous. So he is Ooh. often named as the entity in possessions, believed to be responsible for a lot of them. One of the most famous cases is that of Annalise Michael. He was one of the first recorded cases of possession in America over 100 years ago. Um, people thought he was sowing his seeds in Salem during their witch hysteria. And Reverend Cotton Mather actually wrote a pamphlet titled Of Beelzebub and His Plot. Oh. Yeah. So if you are unlucky enough to be possessed by Mr. B, getting rid of him can be done. Maybe. Only. Okay. It's never happened. But if it were to be done, it would be done like this. (laughs) Um, Someone has to be very familiar with the attributes of Mr. B and the methods of weakening him so that he leaves the person he is possessed. Um, He is very closely linked with blood and sacrifice. And the flies are attracted by them. Okay. Oh, God. Sorry. There's like a little thing in my glasses and I was moving my head and I was like, I think there's a spirit in my house. There is not. It's just a smudge. We're fine. Yet again, why I cannot cover this stuff anymore. I'll bring some (laughs) change this weekend. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I was somewhere. So the sacrifice is sometimes required to be freed from possession by Beelzebub. So maybe it's happened once. I don't know. But the sacrifice can take many forms, including possession transfer so when all else fails exorcism specialists have been known to bring in a live chicken into the picture knowing that beelzebub would immediately possess the live chicken and leave the original victim for a while Mm. what that's so i laughed but then i felt bad for the chicken (laughs) yeah what happens to that poor chicken um we fry it and we eat it and it tastes like i don't know that wasn't that was a joke that I did not finish. Let me go back. <laughs> Let me go. So he would leave the original victim for a while, space of precious time that is hopefully enough for an exorcism expert to drive away Beelzebub. So moving, I mean it doesn't really work. It just gives you some time, I think, to not be possessed I mean, for like ten like minutes. An e- yeah, I mean it's different if like an evil chicken is like trying to peck your eyes out when you can be like, no no chicken and like put it in a cage. But like We need to make that a cartoon. Is- but then like if you have a possessed human i feel like the especially the ones like the exorcism cases we covered all the movies out there the people get crazy violent and like they could really kill you like i never heard of somebody dying from a chicken attack but maybe a possessed one could happen i think it kills the chicken to be honest with you but it gives you like you know a little bit of peacefulness just for a minute because i mean eventually it's going to come back it's like hey hey like you're not going to fool me So moving to another place could also weaken the power of Mr. B to some extent and it buys time for a possessed person. But ultimately, the exorcism has to be done by someone who is both strong and knowledgeable. And good luck. Because he also really likes to engage in philosophical debates with priests involved. And he likes to taunt them and deride them. Mm. I don't know. So if if after all of this, you feel the need to conjure him, you can. I wouldn't no. recommend, but you can. No. There is a, oh, no. no, just you wait. You There's a three and a half minute long YouTube video that helps you do just that. They state that his favorite we colors are- We do not are, recommend. We do no, not I'm not giving the last bit. Woo, I'm not giving the last woo. bit. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Because absolutely not what I know. They state his favorite colors are black, silver, blue, and red. His direction is north. His favorite plant is the fern. He is a day demon, so call him during the day. Don't you dare go at night because he likes to sleep. The offering that he appreciates are alcohol and candles. 
I'm sorry. Am I him? What the fuck? Actually, when I was reading this and I was like, is this how he gets people? Because this doesn't seem like that bad. Um, remember the colors. This is me. I only oh saw God. this on this one YouTube video. Um, and he is the demon crown prince of hell. So he needs to be treated with respect. Oh this is yeah, okay. a direct quote from this YouTube video. If you need a strong guidance or protection, well, Mr. B, my bit, is your greatest option. Make a pack with him to be always supported or you can always re- yeah, to always be supported. Or you can just reach out to, let me find this YouTube video guy, um, a new biz on YouTube. It's called Beelzebub Demon, What You Don't Know. Wow. And he'll do it for you just so you know it's real. No, mm-hmm. would not recommend. I vote no. No. Uh, my next note says WTF. Like, what the are you doing? <laughs> literally on this video, he says there's an incantation you can say. And then he literally starts chanting it in slow motion with mood music behind it. I heard about two seconds and then I fast forwarded right through it because um, I don't want any of that in my house. I have a line and that is it. So mm-hmm. are there are there any like comments on that video? <laughs> I didn't stick around. I didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She said, You burnt skirt and Ernie out of there. Yes, I, I did. did. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, so, yet again, this whole past week, I've been looking over my shoulder and cautiously watching YouTube videos to make sure I didn't accidentally fall for some damn demon. Um, so, Morgan, I bow down to you. This will always be <laughs> your thing. Um, and that's all I have for you guys on Mr. B. So, I won't say my catchphrase because I'm not me this week. Always yeah. call out a living friend if you need someone uh, before you get in contact with something from hell. So, uh, yeah, that's my advice. <laughs> I love it. I Isn't love that nuts? That I couldn't believe that video at the end. Like, just do it. I feel like it's just like, what? no, man, you don't just do it. You don't just conjure, a, a, even attempt to conjure a demon. The strongest oh one for, yeah, for guidance or protection. Like, um, I don't think I need his guidance. That seems a little dangerous. A touch. I have heartburn. I have heartburn thinking about that. Ugh. Yeah. I don't Imagine think he wants to protect anyone. Yeah. What? Both of you spoke at the exact same time. I was saying, imagine the heartburn you would have if the flames of hellfire were in your living room with this demon. Or if he was so. inside me. Anyway. <laughs> Aaron, is that how you're the glue? Did you do a... <gasps> Are you the... <laughs> Put those brows down, you crazy lady. On my phone, you guys are, is like, you guys both went into the same direction and you were like perfectly timed, like, oh. <laughs> so, yeah, well, uh, that perfect. is Beelzebub for you, ladies. Honestly, really glad you covered that for me so that I don't have to. So, well, you can thank still you. cover Zozo. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. I was so bummed. Like, it didn't even occur to me until Saturday night when I was staying up, like, until 3 a.m. So I were thinking like 3 a.m. That's the witching hour. And then it just hit me. I was like, wait a second. Did I even do what I think I did? Because it never got brought up on the Ouija board. And I was like, well, he does replace his S with a Z. Maybe it's the same thing. Hmm. I mean, honestly, like like you said, like there's like the three kind of ringleaders of, of hell. So mm-hmm. like th- there's more than five demons. Like, so I could understand any of them being like, they all seem to have very similar rankings and just like slightly different variations of power so i would have done the exact same thing you did so thank you but i shall give him no more power and aaron you are up next all right okay oh i'm so 
I'm so excited. Okay. So if you haven't already guessed, I am taking over Sarah's part today. And um, also, before I start, I know we like just hung out this weekend, so I think I already know the answer. But have either of you seen the movie The Invisible Man that came out like a couple months ago? No. Okay. I have not. Okay. So in the movie, the main character played by Elizabeth Moss successfully escapes from her abusive boyfriend's clutches, and then he seemingly commits suicide shortly after. And she tries to live a normal life, but strange things start happening around her, and the only way she can explain it is that her abusive ex-partner has somehow become invisible and is now stalking her. Cute. But she, like, tells her friends, and her close friends don't believe her and think she is imagining things, which in turn causes her to question her sanity. So, for my story today, I will be talking about the psychological form of manipulation known as gaslighting. Ooh! Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. I've heard a word. I know it's not fun, but like, cool. Oh, no, it's not fun. Yeah. Very, very interesting. According to Vox.com, the term was coined in a 1983 play called Gaslight, which was later adapted into a UK film in the 1940s and a popular movie released in 1944 in the US starring Ingrid Bergman and Charles Boyer. In the film, husband Gregory wants to inherit his wife Paula's wealth and assets by getting her institutionalized and obtaining power of attorney. He slowly and methodically manipulates her until she questions her own reality and suffers a breakdown. I know this is for the story, but the terrifying thing is they could do that to women up until like, what, like 60 years ago? Oh, yeah. Get them institutionalized for anything. For anything. Or lobotomy. Yeah. Yep. And yes, I did struggle with lobotomy. Yes. I am shocked. Continue. This kind of reminds me. I'm so sorry. We're already. This reminds me of um, the yellow wallpaper. Yeah. No. Bit. Oh. Mm-hmm. Like a like a you know a little smidgy smidge. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oof. Definitely. Okay. I'm not ready, but I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> the term gaslighting has also appeared in academic articles published in the 80s the 80s, about women's socialization, which claimed that women were trained to long for relationships and connection, which made them vulnerable to partners exploiting those attachments. 1980? Come on. That's still now. 2020. I mean, they have a point, though. I can see that. (laughs) I I see, yes, Mm -hmm. what that paper is saying, but... I think more so in the 80s than now, but... I would hope, yes. (laughs) We are three learned women. We got degrees. (laughs) Fuck off. (laughs) I don't need no relationship. Nah. So gaslighting starts out in subtle ways with seemingly small offenses, but over time, these offenses can occur more often, which may lead the victim to question their own judgment or even their own reality. Typically, gaslighting occurs when there is an unequal power dynamic. According to NBC, the manipulator or abuser holds the power and is respected by the victim. Therefore, it's unlikely the victim will go against the gaslighter because they don't want to risk upsetting or losing them. Sometimes the gaslighter may not be aware of what they are doing um, or that what they are doing is manipulative. So, for example, if a person was raised to believe a certain way and... Let's say they form a friendship or relationship with someone who sees the world differently. That person may automatically assume that something is like just wrong with their friend or partner, which I mean, that's on you, buddy. But that was just the example they gave. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. So it can be like a learned thing, which I also can see. But yeah, people 
change. That's what you're supposed to do. Anyways, on the more um, malicious side of things, gaslighters use manipulation as a way to gain control of someone and to deflect responsibility while tearing the other person down, which ultimately makes the victim more dependent on the abuser. And while the assumption is that the majority of gaslighters are men while their victims are women, psychotherapist Stephanie Sarkis says that, quote, gaslighting is as likely to be done by men as women, end quote. So it's pretty equal yeah okay from what at least what she's seen equality (laughs) yeah yeah and i think i needed to add this in there too so just to be clear um you know people in relationships get into arguments get into disagreements it's common it's important even healthy at times both of you aren't going to agree on the same thing all the time um not realistic Obviously, but if your partner starts to make you second guess that what you know is true, then you may be a victim of gaslighting. Dr. Robin Stern, a licensed psychoanalyst and the associate director of the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence, has spoken with hundreds of people who have experienced gaslighting. One couple she worked with, whose names she changed for their privacy, were living in newlywed bliss until Dan started to get on Janine about their finances. Janine admitted she wasn't the best at saving money, but Dan would make like several comments about how she wasn't contributing much financially, even though she had like a good paying salary and um, believed she was contributing her fair share. His comments didn't bother her initially. She ended up brushing them off and didn't think much of them. She just assumed this was a part of their like daily banter. Like this was how they acted towards each other, whatever. Mm. But things changed though, when they had children and Janine assumed the role of stay-at-home mom, while Dan took a higher-paying job that involved quite a bit of travel. Dan started to become more distant, and Janine noticed that large withdrawals were being taken out of their joint account when he was gone, even though when he was at home, he would always say that money was tight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. okay. Believing he was having an affair, Janine confronted Dan, only to be told that she was quote-unquote imagining things. When she continued to bring up the large withdrawals, Dan would tell her, quote, you don't know anything about money. Hasn't that already been established? End quote. Oh, oh no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What year is this again? Um, I'm not sure what year. This article came out a few years ago. Okay. So I, she didn't, men- it didn't mention it in the article. Actually, I it read. doesn't matter. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, exactly. He would repeatedly tell her she was a disaster with money, which caused her to become anxious anytime their finances were brought up. Janine also stopped questioning Dan about the affair, even though her suspicions continued to grow. So she truly began to believe that she was horrible with money, which in her mind didn't give her the right to confront Dan. I know. And according to Dr. Stern, they stopped attending couples therapy because they said the cost was too high. And the last time she heard from Janine, Dan had admitted to having an affair. However, Janine wondered if that was her fault because she was a pain to him about their finances. This so you is can just. My heart. Yes, you can see how, like, he wove that manipulation into their lives, like, slowly and slowly. Yeah, and now layers. she thinks it's her fault, even though it's not her fault. Oh, this stuff makes me so mad. Mm-hmm. While gaslighting most commonly occurs in romantic relationships, this type of manipulation can happen in um, familial relationships, in the workplace, and most notably today, in politics. According to journalism professor Ben Yagoda, the term gaslighting became relevant and more widely used in 2017 due to President Donald Trump's tendency to say one thing and then later claim he never said that thing. <laughs> 
And don't get it twisted. While Donald Trump is a recent example, other presidents, politicians, newscasters, and so many other people in a position of power have most definitely gaslit the public before. And are we honestly surprised at this point? But I... (laughs) The one thing that just comes to mind whenever I was, like, reading that was, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Or did you? (laughs) Anyways. Yeah, so it happens. It Yeah, it can happen in many different you know, parts of our lives. Um, So what are some signs of gaslighting? Patricia Evans, an expert on domestic abuse, described various gaslighting techniques that someone may use. The first one is called withholding, and this is when the abuser pretends not to understand or refuses to listen to the victim. And they may say things like, I don't want to hear this again, or you are trying to confuse me. Another technique is countering, when an abuser questions the victim's memory, even though the victim remembers events accurately. The abuser will typically say that the victim is wrong and never remembers things correctly. Another technique um, called blocking or diverting is when the abuser changes the subject and or questions the victim's thoughts. They may question what like friend or family member you got that quote unquote crazy idea from, or they may say you are imagining things. An abuser may use a technique called trivializing, where they will minimize the victim's needs or feelings and make them seem unimportant. They may tell the victim that they are too sensitive and that they are making a big deal out of nothing. And the last technique is called forgetting slash denial. The abuser pretends to have forgotten what happened or just straight up denies their actions. The abuser may say phrases like, I have no idea what you're talking about or you're just making stuff up. So even though the victim may be like, no, you did this. I heard you say this or I saw you do this. They'll just outright deny it. Yeah. Thanks. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Not a fan. Not a fan either. Uh -uh. Mm Mm-mm. In her 20, uh, excuse me, wow, in her 2007 book titled The Gaslight Effect, How to Spot and Survive the Hidden Manipulation Others Use to Control Your Life, Dr. Stern listed out several red flags that can, you know, help people determine whether or not you are a victim of gaslighting. So these include constantly second-guessing yourself, asking yourself, am I too sensitive multiple times a day, feeling confused and paranoid, always apologizing to your partner making excuses for your partner's behavior to friends and family, withholding information from friends and family so you don't have to explain or make excuses, knowing something is terribly wrong but you can't express what it is even to yourself, lying to avoid the put-downs and reality twists from your partner, difficulty making simple decisions, having the sense that you used to be a very different person, more confident, more fun-loving, more relaxed, feeling hopeless and joyless, and wondering if you are a good enough partner. This is going to make me cry. Yes. Get yeah, out it's of those relationships, sad. people. Get out. Come live with me. It's fine. Come here. Come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, in the article I read, it did mention that those can be, you know, signs of other things, such as yeah. depression, anxiety, you know, the list goes on and on. But definitely the fact, um, the big sign is if you are, like, questioning your reality, um, even though you believe it, whatever you believe in to be true, mm-hmm. then that is like the main sign that you are being gaslit. Yeah. Oh, but it's just fair. It's okay. just the manipulation that yeah. gets to me. Yeah. I don't know. For me, mm. it's the manipulation. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. But the fact that like someone even thinks about even doing that to a per- to another person. I don't know. That they supposedly care about. Yeah. 
it blows yeah. my mind that this yeah, like, is, like in your example had you know got married and had kids with and so mm-hmm. it's like like ugh. yeah Dr. Stern stated that money, sex, the family you grew up in, and habits you came into the relationship with um, are typical triggers that can create stressful environments that um, can unfortunately lead to gaslighting. So those are the things that may cause those arguments that potentially lead to the abuser, the manipulator using gaslighting. Mm Mm-hmm. According to philosophy professor Kate Abramson, the final stage of gaslighting is severe major clinical depression. And I couldn't pass up the opportunity uh, not to add in a bit of true crime. So (laughs) here goes. Um, Which, granted, I think the story is important to tell. Um, Gaslighting and emotional abuse, hell, any abuse can drive a victim, you know, to commit a crime and to do things you know, they probably wouldn't do um, mm-hmm. if they wouldn't have suffered from that trauma. And this was the case for Betty Broderick. According to Medium.com, Betty and her husband, Dan Broderick, were living a fairly luxurious lifestyle in San Diego, where Dan had a successful career at a prominent law firm. Initially, the couple appeared to be, you know, living a happy life. But Betty began to suspect her husband was cheating on her with 21-year-old Linda Colkenna, a receptionist who worked in the same building he did. Dan outright denied her accusations and repeatedly told Betty she was crazy. At one point, she told Dan to get rid of Linda, but instead, he hired her as his assistant. Motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you want to talk about mothers? Mm. <laughs> I was out. so I pissed. Talk about mother. Oh, that was a good one. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. She was constantly being gaslit by Dan to the point that she questioned her own sanity and attempted to take her own life. No. After like two years of paranoia, Dan moved out of the family home, claiming he needed space. Betty thought that they would still be able to work on their marriage, but Dan had other plans. Linda moved no. in with Dan, and oh, she started God. to take over the roles Betty used to have. And Dan admitted to having an affair with Linda. He... And he ended up gaining custody of their children, which just caused Betty's mental health to decline even more. Do you see the goosebumps on my arm? Like, I am enraged. Mm -hmm. Yes. I hope everyone listening is, too. But, you know, at this point, right, you would think that he would stop gaslighting Betty. Right? Right? (laughs) We hope, but it's not the case. Yeah, go ahead. And then story's over Mm -hmm. because he comes full circle and says, I'm so sorry, Betty. I have been terrible to you. Let's make up. (laughs) <laughs> were you like in that's when you punch him in the face world. and you run away punch him in the face run away don't take him back mm. all right is that what happened no. nope Great. <laughs> he continued <laughs> his horrible <laughs> he continued his horrible mind games in order to gain full custody of their four children and to keep like the majority of their money nice. he would dock uh-huh. he would quote dock her support payments each time she did something wrong such as calling him or turning up to his property he would also grant her permission to see her children, only to change his mind last minute. End quote. Okay. Fuck okay. you, buddy. I know. He sounds like the worst. The, uh, this emotional abuse pushed Betty over the edge, and she started to become violent. She started to leave Dan abusive voice messages, and she even drove her car into the front of his property. Oh! Like, kind of through the front door. Yes, things are spiraling. That. In 1989, seven months after Dan and Linda wed, Betty snapped. 
She bought a revolver, broke into their home in the middle of the night, and shot them both while they slept. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Betty told the Los Angeles Times she believed she committed the murders in self-defense. Quote, my lawyers hate it because there's no law that says I can defend myself against his type of onslaught. He was killing me. He and she were still doing it in secret. End quote. And yeah, I see your face, Sarah. Today, people are pretty mixed on whether Betty was, you know, pushed, you know, towards murder because of the manipulation and emotional trauma she suffered from, or if Betty felt, you know, there's a part of her that felt scorned by Dan for leaving her and killed him and his new wife in a fit of rage. I mean, both apply. I, both, yeah, both do apply. I mean, gaslighting and manipulation and the manipulation she suffered from definitely played a part in it, though. So oh, yeah. I'm not going to question that. Yeah, it's just a crazy story. But that's what so that she shit can do to you. That is a fantastic question. I think. <laughs> Cut it from the record. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Instead, that is really a fantastic quick, question. I, I think she did. Okay. And so I did want to say earlier, I said it makes sense that like what you said about girls being raised to get married and guys being raised to get jobs. I don't mean like now per se, but like imagine like the 1950s, like. Here's your doll. You'll stay home with the man, and the man will go off to the city to work. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not matching. It's better now, but not yeah, great. we're getting there. Mm-hmm. We finally have more women in colleges than men, right? Or is that just at CMO where we're sixty percent women? I don't know. <laughs> break out of those gender stereotypes. Just break out of them. That's it. We just gotta break the barriers and fuck mm-hmm. all these gaslighters. Anyway. Yep. Burn them to the ground. If you are a victim of gaslighting, there are some steps you can take to help pull yourself out of that power dynamic. Um, According to Dr. Stern, the very first step is to recognize the problem and name what is going on between you and the gaslighter. And she adds that, like, writing down, like, the argument you had with the gaslighter, which she recommends looking at again after the heat of the moment has passed, can really help Mm -hmm. in sorting out the truth from the distortion. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Mm -hmm. After you identify the problem, allow yourself to feel your feelings. Victims of gaslighting may feel like their thoughts, um, values, feelings are are hazy and unclear, but it's important to realize that your feelings are valid, and this will allow you to identify what triggers those specific feelings and helps you acknowledge what actions to take in order to feel better. And give yourself the okay to give something up. According to Dr. Stern, in order to regain your sense of self, you may need to live with either... Um, it it kind of puts it very bluntly as I read this. Uh, this is how it was kind of worded in the article. But um, you may need to live with knowing that your gaslighter doesn't have a high opinion of you, or you may need to cut that person out of your life entirely and walk away from that toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Just, yeah. Get out. Get out. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's got to be so much easier said than done, though. Oh, no, oh. of course. I was going to mention at the end that, I mean, different, you know, people are in different situations and sometimes like the things like these steps I'm reading, you might not even be able to take any of them. So definitely seek out other help and other avenues if you can. Like this, these are just steps you can take right now that maybe could help, but it might not, you know, apply to everyone, unfortunately. Um, Just a few more. Um, Dr. Stern suggests like start starting to make like small decisions and taking back control little by little. Don't be afraid to say no or to leave an art uh, or don't be afraid to leave an argument that is clearly only about a power struggle. It's 
You're not arguing about anything. Yeah. Um, talk to your friends and family to get a second opinion. Ask them if you seem like yourself and ask them how they would describe your partner's behavior. So if you have a good support system, definitely reach out to them. And lastly, it is very important to have compassion for yourself during this time. Victims in this power dynamic may not feel confident, and it may be hard to give yourself the benefit of the doubt, the kindness, and the love you deserve. So focus on what you are feeling in the moment, recognize when you have those feelings, and, you know, be honest with yourself. Dr. Stern ended her Vox.com article with a quote that I thought was great, so I will also end with that. She said, You are the architect of your own reality. If you're looking at the beams and walls and telling yourself, wait, I know this just isn't true, then the gaslight might be on. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. As Sarah would say, be good to yourselves. Again, I know everyone's situation is different and it makes it even more difficult since COVID is still prevalent. Um, So you might not be able to take the steps I just mentioned or even to really seek outside help. Um, Gaslighting is a form of emotional abuse. And if you are noticing any of these signs in your romantic or personal relationships, um, or if you know anyone going through this, you can contact the National Domestic Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. Or you can um, chat with them online at thehotline.org, which is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that's my story for today. Very nice. I'm so used mm-hmm. to hearing Aaron's voice being like, and that is the murder of blah, 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 blah. And yeah. <laughs> that Not is today. the mysterious disappearance of John Doe. But no. Today? That's me. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm ready for this. You're not. <laughs> I got a fresh mess. page. I'm ready. <laughs> Woo! Aaron, thank you. I learned a lot. I've heard the term and I don't think i knew it i don't think i knew the definition appropriately so mm-hmm. yeah i didn't me. know I too much about exam- it i love a good example and you mm-hmm. gave plenty so i yes i learned i wish you guys were my teachers in school i think i've said that before but i would have learned <laughs> a lot better if any school district wants to pay us for these um you can find us on a we patreon that we don't have sub- yet but we will yeah <laughs> make good substitutes just saying pretty entertaining uh, uh, you're entertained <laughs> that could be your kids Woo! you know it we would i would i would cut back on the cursing just for the kids just for the children nope kids <sighs> like it when you curse i had a fourth grade teacher miss harris and she said shut up to kids and we thought she was so cool Okay, I say the F word, and I cannot say that in front of a fourth grader, so... But if we I'll substitute... Keep it clean. Yeah, all right. No, I see, right, I see I'll the I'll keep difference. it clean. I'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I will say shut up. That's fine. That's fine. Or crap. I asked my mom when I was like seven. I'm like, can I say crap? <laughs> What'd she say? Yes or no? She, she said no. Um, mm. Then I asked again, and she said sure. So, <laughs> broke, broke her down. Uh, and now here we are. Sailor Potty Mouth Morgan, but I'm being Aaron today, so I'm going to try my best not to curse heavily because Aaron is a lady. She does curse, but not quite as much as Moco. Aaron so. is a lady in a tie right now. In a <laughs> yep, <laughs> in a the most feminine-looking woman ever. <laughs> yes. <sighs> so today, obviously, I'm doing a true crime. Literally, in my notes, I wrote Moco does true crime, Ooh. and I am bringing you. 
the case of Daniel LaPlante. Hmm. So, uh, if you've heard of this before and you listen to other true crime or paranormal podcasts, you may have come across this. Uh, My Favorite Murder and Generation Y podcast also have an episode on him. Um, I didn't get a chance to listen to them. Um, but I did listen to Morbid's episode on him, and it came out uh, bu- 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 May 7th, 2019, in case you wanted to know. It is episode uh, 64, I believe, and it's about 25 minutes long. So, nice little brief summary. So, if you like additional information on him, check it out. So, Daniel LaPlante was born in Townsend, Massachusetts in May of 1970. So... You know, 100 years ago. Just kidding. (laughs) To set you all up for success, or rather to be prepared for how creepy this guy is, Parkaman.com said it best. Much like the way Ed Gein is known as the ghoulish grave robber, which, trigger warning, if you want to skip ahead, feel free. Go ahead and let you press that button. He skinned the corpses of his deceased, of deceased women, It is Daniel's pre-murder behaviors which awarded him his folk devil appeal. While Mm. his later murders are what placed him in the public eye, that was the case study on him and like looking back on his past that kind of tied in and gave not an excuse for the murders, but it played a big impact on like how he was represented. Okay. So Hmm. from a very young age, Daniel was um, sexually and mentally abused from by his father, his biological father. I did. I tried to look this up like for the specific times because it really just mentions um, him being raised by his mother and his stepfather. Um, I don't know when his mother and his stepfather met, but they were technically married in 1987 is what I could find. So he was older, but I do believe that they were together for a, quite a while before they got legally married. Regardless, he was ridiculously, quote, bullied and teased for being, quote, weird. And two huge factors that seemed to go along with the abuse that he suffered from his father. Um, He was diagnosed really early on as dyslexic. um, And growing up, especially in middle and high school, he had extremely poor hygiene, really bad acne. So he was bullied for those factors a lot. He was Mm -hmm. not the brightest student. So he had a really rough upbringing. This guy cannot catch a break. He cannot. But things seemed to turn around for young Danny when he began to pick up burglary, which that provided him with a lot of phone numbers and addresses that he would like catalog or like look up in phone books and keep record of. Um, A phone number and address that he came across belonged to the Andrews family. Daniel began to call and speak with Annie and Jessica, Brian Andrews' young daughters, but um, Annie was about the same age as um, Daniel during all of this. While stories differ on how many dates Danny convinced Annie to go on, he basically, to quote Morbid, catfished the shit out of her, um, telling her that he was um, very tall and blonde and athletic and a jock just to convince him, just to convince her to go on a date with him. Mm. And this is like true testament of how probably amazing of a human Annie is. She did go on at least one date with him despite seeing him in person and being like, (laughs) yo, you're not at all what you said, but okay, I guess. So they did go on one date, at least. But over their time of hanging out, 
it is reported that the end did the same. So regardless if this was date two or three or this all happened on date one, again, it's kind of foggy. Mm-hmm. Um, she did disclose that her mother had recently passed away. And Danny got really hung up on it. He began to mm-hmm. question how she felt the moment that she heard of her passing, if her, if the mom suffered while she died. Basically, it was not good. It's just not a good situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I put in my notes, yes, he was that fucking weird. <laughs> uh, so that ended Annie and Danny. What a rhyme. What a time. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> I'm shocked. You sound like a winner. <laughs> right. Um, so during, again, all this time, he is burglaring. He is, is that a word? Burglaring? Burglarizing? It is now. Burglaring. He's being a <laughs> robber and he's bebopping around his town doing whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this story kind of runs parallel. So we're going to jump to home life with Annie and her sister, Jessica. This is, again, like Aaron, I couldn't stay away from a little tiny bit of the paranormal with oh, my boy. story. Ooh. So here we go. <laughs> Annie and Jessica began using a Ouija board and tried communicating with their mother. This led Mm. to hearing knocks throughout the house. They really, truly thought they were communicating with, like, asking her yes and no questions and hearing yes and no. It was a lot. No, it would be the ultimate twist. What? (laughs) They got a hold of Beelzebub. (laughs) Stop! Yes. Comes full circle. I wish I was that good. Um, (laughs) Over the next few weeks... The knocks became more rampant and even um, beginning to happen all throughout the night and disturbing the girl's sleep. This is when things really started to build up, leading to objects missing, belongings sprawled out all over the floors, to eventually furniture moving from one side of of a room to the other overnight. I think they're being gaslit. (laughs) I mean, you're just crazy. I was saying, is this the burglar? We'll see. Oh, spirit. It's a spirit. The girl's father thought that they were doing this for attention after their mother's passing. Oh. While the girls were highly convinced that they summoned a demon and were no longer speaking with their mother. Things escalated even further when the girls found messages written in blood throughout the house. Quote, Mm. I'm in your room. Come find me. Oh, no. The girls fled to a neighbor's, but when their dad was called, he still believed the girls were doing doing these acts. This led the dad to send them uh, to therapy, which, honestly, they probably freaking needed. Their mom died. They're both very young. Like, I hate that it was that. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, this is the, like, late 70s. Like, not not really, you know? Yeah. There was was a lot of stigma. Not like today. Okay. Okay. Several weeks later, a new message in blood appeared. I am back. Find me if you can. This led the girls again running to the neighbors and their dad being called. They were a little bit smarter about it this time. And the girls and the neighbor both described how the house was left when the girls ran away. Okay. Well, I was about to... Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I was about to say, did the dad not see these, like bloody messages so he thought the girls were doing it oh okay sorry yes no you're good he i i reread this part like six times okay he he truly thought the girls were doing this for attention because their mom died no one was paying attention to them anymore like he he was going to work like all the time to try to make ends meet and he was just Um, a lot so 
typical. Yeah. 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 Again, uh, a, a little bit gaslighting. Like, no, it's not. Like, it's crazy. Like, eh, maybe not mm-hmm. gaslighting is the right term, but like making the girls think that they're crazy. But it's like, it's not us. So, mm-hmm. again, they were a little smarter this time. And the neighbor, like, listened to the girls and fully let them describe how the house was left. Uh, before entering the home himself, Brian Andrews, again, thought this was all for attention. But finally, he believed them. He saw the house um, had been further destroyed after the neighbor and the girls had fully described the scene of the home. And an additional message had appeared on the wall while they were gone saying, quote, marry me. (gasps) Then the father's eyes shifted across the room. There, standing in the corner, was Daniel. Ew. Axe in hand, (gasps) wearing makeup. And the deceased wife's clothes <gasps> no. and a blonde Ooh. wig. I'm going Mm-mm. home. I'm out. No? Yes. So I will give a little bit of like, there's a lot of different stories. Some say he was in her wedding dress. Some say that he was like just in a robe. Some people say outfit. Regardless, he was wearing Jessica and Annie's mom's deceased. Mom, what deceased is mom's wrong with people? Oh my uh-huh. god. Yeah. Uh the best way I can relay the next bit of details is to literally just read from this site, parkerman.com. So here we go. A struggle ensued, but LaPlante was able to escape. Brian recalls being dumbfounded at the way LaPlante was able to seemingly disappear without much effort. When the police were called to investigate later the same evening, it became clear why LaPlante was able to vanish so suddenly. After discovering, dis- discovering, <laughs> woo, there's Morgan for you. After discovering that each message had indeed been written in ketchup, local police searched the house for clues of how LaPlante was, may have been able to access the house in the first place. One officer found a hidden crawl space beneath a cupboard which was built into the wall of Annie's bedroom. When the officer opened the hatch, he discovered Danny LaPlante curled up inside. (gasps) Oh. Mm -hmm. No, thank you. Mm -hmm. The officers removed LaPlante from the crawl space and placed him under arrest. Once LaPlante had been removed from the scene, officers conducted a thorough search of the LaPlante residence. To their horror, they discovered that LaPlante had been living inside the walls of their home. The passageway, which they discovered LaPlante in, had been tunneled around to other areas of the home. There were a handful of peepholes dotted around so that LaPlante could observe Annie from whichever room she was in. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. It became clear that Danny had been pretending to be the ghost of Annie and Jessica's mother just in order to torment them. It is believed that LaPlante was planning on revealing himself to the girls whilst dressed in their dead mother, uh, whether to genuinely pass himself off as her spirit or whether to terrify them remains unknown. However, it is likely the latter. The uh, That is terrifying. I, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And it further proves that the girl in the yellow wallpaper was correct. There was someone <laughs> in the walls. There's someone <laughs> in the walls. Um. And then, again, going back to, like, how he was found, um, the fact that he was holding a hatchet at the time of being in the home suggests that maybe Annie and Jessica may have had a really lucky 
escape that night, having your dad be there. Yeah. Yeah. So for all of this, oh, that's the end of the quote, by the way. (laughs) For all of this insane, yeah, Aaron's a lot smoother at that shit than I am. So here we go. (laughs) For all this insane life that he was trying to get away with, um, he was only in juvie for a few months. Hmm. He was out. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, go ahead. Uh Uh-huh. What? And then he went to big boy prison for years and years? You got it, girl. Nothing in the middle. Just you wait. He was out and back to his burglaring ways by October of 1987. Literally, this happened in January of 1987. So Mm. he literally spent less than, like what, nine months? Math's hard. That's despicable. Ten? Less than ten months. Uh, So, here we go. Brace yourselves. The weird is here. It's not going away. You're just at the beginning. During a robbery in November of 1987, he found and took two handguns. Great. It only took another few weeks for him to unfortunately use the guns. On December 1st, 1987, he would break into the Gustafsson family home. Uh, sadly, Andrew, the father and husband of the home, returned from work to find his pregnant wife shot mm-hmm and deceased in their bed. Why? (laughs) Oh, God. Upon the arrival of police, his two young children were found drowned in the two separate tubs in the family's home. So he literally, what they think happened was the mom and the youngest child um, came home from, like, preschool, and or, like, an errand, and he killed the mom, drowned the one, waited for the other one to come home from school took him to the other bathroom and drowned him. So Jesus Christ. Kind of like, yeah, sorry. That's a big escalation though. Yeah. Like from just hiding out in walls. Like what happened in juvie? Like did something like flip a switch? What is going on? I mean, that's the, that's kind of where like the whole, if it all, I don't want, like, this is not a quote. This is just my thoughts after like reading about this is like, I think he wanted to do it that night that he got caught at their home. At the Andrews home, which is mm-hmm. so confusing. scarier. Yeah, it's so confusing. The first family, their last name is Andrews. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Andrew is the father slash husband of the um, Gustav, Gustav's okay. family. So, mm-hmm. And I'm so sorry if I'm mispronouncing these names. Please don't yell at me. It was reported, Trigger, <clears throat> that the wife was sexually assaulted. Because the um, murder wasn't enough. Yeah. Fuck. Every article I read for every article I read was like, but this happened, he spilled out the information of the crime, and then it just jumped to them knowing it was Daniel. So I tried so hard to find like how did they know this? Like what there's not a lot of information. I think they just had their hunches. I don't know if someone saw him. Mm-hmm. It was just weird. They and I don't we'll get to it, and I don't know if this correlates to it, but it was just like if every article seemed like they just they assumed it was him. It was very weird. Oh, I wrote. <laughs> I wrote. I tried to find how police knew to target Daniel as a suspect, but I'm not Aaron. So much of what I could find was how he f- how he had fled. So here we go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be able to find it. I tried, guys. It's tricky sometimes. Yeah. I have a it's tricky, lot. Tricky, tricky. This is the <laughs> longest notes I've ever written, so... 
It's a lot of work. So Daniel had stolen a car with a woman inside it who thankfully somehow was able to escape and Daniel drove away. I guess someone, there's like notes of someone seeing him. They saw him driving the vehicle. They had related it to a picture that they had seen as him being wanted. There's a lot of like weird zippy things around here. I just, yeah. This, well, yeah, he sounds facts sloppy. Are, like yeah, he may be easy are, to track, honestly. Yes. Facts are, stole a car. So literally he killed three people, then kidnapped someone else, and then is found where he belongs. Daniel was found hiding in a dumpster 48 hours later. <laughs> Upon finding him, they did find hairs of one of the two children who were murdered on his clothing. It is reported it was his sock, but regardless, he found hairs of one of the children on his person. So about a year later, he was found guilty and sentenced to three life sentences. Good. Uh, take yeah, it, take so. it, take it. Finally, it only took another year, but regardless. Uh, Danny didn't seem to show remorse until 2017 when asking for a reduced sentence. A judge ruled he will have to wait 15 more years to even possibly be eligible for parole. So, hmm. Why does he think he gets a reduced sentence? Is he sorry now? <laughs> Funny I, you ask. Has he changed? Funny you ask. So at first... Um, many moons ago, when he was in prison, he tried to sue the courts for not, a, like, I don't, again, this is me not researching properly and being dumb, but, like, he um, he wanted to practice Satanism, and he said that the um, security guards in the prison wouldn't allow him to do that and partake in ceremonies, so he was suing them that he was like not able to practice his religious rights or execute mm. his religious rights. Um, yeah. So he was yeah. hung up on that for a while. And then finally in 2017, he said he was very sorry for what he did. Blah, 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 blah. There's a whole quote about it. Fuck him. And yeah, basically he thinks he deserves a reduced sentence, which I don't know why. And regardless of reduced or not, you have three life sentences and you're not getting all three taken off. Like, I'm sorry, that's just not going to happen. So Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Literally, mm -hmm. maybe if he would have, you know, realized he was wrong after his first crime of hiding in someone's house and watching them and literally pushing them to go insane before and maybe trying to murder them. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would have yeah. believed it. But you literally were out and then went berserk. And you literally killed a pregnant woman and her two young children, yeah. like under yeah. the age of six i think so yeah i have zero sympathy for you daniel laplant you can fucking kick a box of rocks and yeah i know that was not as eloquent elo eloquent oh my god eloquent as aaron no, eloquent is what i will say from now on <laughs> it's not as elephant as aaron would have put it but don't you worry but yeah um i had i i stumbled upon this case and i was like wait i think i remember hearing that name and then i found mm -hmm. uh, podcast episodes um but regardless it was one of the creepier true crime ones that i've personally, yeah like looked into and uh i definitely if i hear any knocking on my walls i think i'm going to piss myself so yep <laughs> yep and that is the case of daniel laplant well he can laplant his butt in prison for the rest of his <laughs> lives because mm -hmm. i don't care hang out yep. in there yep i mean regardless we have from 2017 15 more years 
So 12, 12 more years till he's even, like, even possibly eligible for parole. So. Mm-hmm. I would laugh if he goes in there and that judge just starts laughing like, oh, yeah. I wasn't serious. Have you been waiting yeah. for 15 years? <laughs> no. Like, no. 15 more years. You get 15 more years. Yes. Yeah. The he just gets like Oprah one episode. word out and the judge is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Not <laughs> happening. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, who you think you are daniel get the fuck out of here yeah so does your idea of a joke get back there you freak Mm-mm. yeah so i feel very like reg- i mean jessica and annie the two sisters both like dealt with him and saw his craziness but like i really feel bad for annie because she like tried to be a good human and like went on a date with him and he yeah i just overall i feel very very sorry mm-hmm. you know what you don't have to say yes to people. Let this no. be a lesson. Yep. If they were lying no. to you and you don't feel Nor- comfortable, you <laughs> yes, can say normalize, no. Normalize saying no. You yes. do not have to be nice to everyone. Uh-uh. Nope. If you're also, sorry, not saying, sorry. <laughs> saying no is not necessarily mean. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, but if you, that's just, it's an answer. If yeah. you think I'm being mean by saying no, then you have more fucking problems than I know about. Like, goodbye. Mm-hmm allowed to say no it's an option mm-hmm. like think of the trust issue she has to have now like there was someone living in her walls yeah yep. and driving her insane after the tragedy of her mother dying and like regard like living in her walls and watching her all yes. the time yeah like it wasn't just like he was like stuck in there until they left like yeah. he literally made peoples and fucking watched her and <laughs> you know he liked it because <laughs> he was messing with them like it was a big game to him yep mm-hmm. yeah hang on prison bud i don't want you out here right and blessings bitch anyway yeah so maybe uh, <laughs> maybe you'll try to conjure up like mr b and mr b will <laughs> let's take you take a, you, take a wild listen, ride mr. B, you can take care of daniel that's it that's your that is your person i bet you he conjures mr b and he's like okay well you can either come to hell with me or you can stay in prison like there's your two options yeah he probably ugh, who knows ugh, he probably hell maybe he's just go to hell he will go there eventually but you know yeah, yeah. it's fine yeah it's fine see you never um i, <sighs> I do know. have since you asked sarah and i guess yeah. i botched um my little research part um betty was convicted of <laughs> two counts of second degree murder and actually i didn't know this was a thing i don't even know what it's on but in uh this year an eight episode miniseries was aired about betty so huh. i don't know where you can find it but again let's normalize saying no you can just tell me no when i ask a question that's totally Mm -hmm. fine no i needed to look it up because i literally you asked and i was like (laughs) i don't have that in my notes anywhere i would be the same exact way and i'm so sorry i put that under your skin no but at least i didn't put it under your walls like mr laplant yeah appreciate it do you guys have anything else to add I just, I got a lot of mad respect for y'all. That's all I got to say. Same. Yeah. You want to go back cool to our doing... old ways? <laughs> yes. Uh, ready? Cool. Ready? Good morning. Welcome to Sinister Summer. <laughs> <laughs> this is a normal episode. <laughs> Who's ready? No, but uh, do we do we tell them a little, like a little hinty hint about next week? Because technically this week was supposed to be a group episode, so. Sure. Sure. Well, friends. Next week, in case you didn't gather and in case maybe you don't keep up with it, this week was supposed to be a group episode and we switched it up for you so that next Friday, 
the peak of the start of spooky season, mm-hmm. we can bring you one hell of a group episode. Yes. We're ready. Yes. Fall is here. Fall is in the air. Spooky season is upon us. We're kicking it off correctly. So just be ready. Just That's all we can say. Be ready. We are <laughs> living for this. <laughs> be ready. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't. Why do I do it? It's going to be great. <laughs> I don't know why I do the things I do. I'm sorry. I, I, I wish Wes can take that out. <laughs> I yeah. hope Wes can take that part out and just make it its own like little sound piece. Oh, fuck my life. Oh. That he can just insert whenever into wherever he wants. <laughs> Every time I talk. <laughs> yes, anyway. Wes, do it. <laughs> Good night. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So that's it. Right. I think. Yeah, it feels so, weird yeah. because I just talked about true crime and I'm supposed to be like, I just feel weird. I don't feel spooked. I feel like not safe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I know the feeling. There's a walls, reason I people. stick with psychology. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I miss my ghosts. <laughs> you can have them. I will be cleansing everything in my home for the next 24 hours. <laughs> Love to see it. Love to see it. Yeah. So thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. Um, if you have any, um, you know, story recommendations um, that you would like for us to cover um, soon on the pod, then you can send them to us at Sinister Sunrise Podcast at gmail.com. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram at Sinister Sunrise um, Podcast. You can see um, the different things we post what we're doing over there. Um, if you haven't already and you are enjoying the podcast, please go over to Apple Podcasts where you can leave a rating and review. Um, it only takes a minute or two and we do appreciate it. Um, so we did get um, a review from our listener, Natalie. And I think what we want to try to do is like shout you guys out um, at the end of the episode. So hope you're still sticking around for this. Um, she titled it Sweet and Sinister. Um, smart, <laughs> hilarious, and ridiculously relatable. Always charitable in spirit and delivery, no matter how sinister the subject matter. I've been a podcast addict for 10 years, and this is in my top rotation. You will love this podcast and these sweet, sinister sisters. So thank you so much, Natalie. That was very sweet. I'm yeah. Cry. yeah, thanks for listening. Have our own like barbecue sauce. Sweet and sinister. <laughs> Goes great on any kind of meat. Smoked meat, baked meat, Put that chicken. shit on everything. Oh, wait, that's Frank's. Shit, I'll come up with something better. I got hot sauce in my bag. Swag. Sweet and <laughs> Thank you so much. That was nice. I actually yeah, didn't that was very nice. I knew someone did. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And you can also listen to us on Spotify and wherever, you know, else you get your podcast from. But yeah, thanks for tuning in today, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>